Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. You are chopping it up with Chuck. I am the editor-in-chief with Cannabis and Tech Today, an award-winning publication in print and digital format here in the space. And today, we have a special guest. Uh, we have Sean Sangster, the project manager of Horticulture Services for Fluence by Osram. Sean, how are you? Hey, Chuck. How you doing? I'm doing well. How's everything I with you? Uh, not too bad. We're, uh, we're just jamming over here. Um, you know, working, working away remotely like everybody else. Is, is that what you guys are doing as well? That's right. That's right. You've got a, uh, you've got a heck of a title, man. Project manager, horticulture services. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about, uh, what, what does that job entail? Absolutely. Well, um, you know, as the title says, I'm a project manager and it's over Hort Services. And um, that's a department that was recently created about a year now uh, for Fluence to help our customer base to, you know, um, utilize our, our technology, our equipment, uh, integrate it into their space. Also, you know, tap on our resources as uh, growers um, you know, past production managers, operation managers within this horticultural service department within the company um, to, you know, our, for our customers to lend on, on our experiences um, to help them through their day to days. So uh, that's pretty much what that, that title represents. And what's, uh, what's your background? How did you, how did you get into this, uh, this position? Nice. Well, I, uh, I studied agronomy in my undergrad uh, I worked in many areas of agriculture, such as research labs, USDA, uh, NRCS, um, commercial field agricultural production, um, when I had to deal with wine and table grape production, as well as some time on an orange grove in, in central Florida uh, before transitioning over to uh, commercial ornamental production. And then um, my last recent uh, hands-on uh, was commercial cannabis production. Wow. And what, what brought you to Fluence? Good question. Well, um, like I said, with my last role, uh, was cannabis, uh, cannabis production on a commercial scale. And so at that, uh, organization, we have Fluence, uh, lights, but, um, you know, we also had a, a, a series of other competitors as well. And so I conducted some trials and, um, you know, through the trials, through the results, uh, you know, Fluence just continuously to continuously uh, outperform the other technologies that we had uh, at the time. And so for me, um, it went from conducting trials to growing under it on a commercial scale. Um, and then, you know, being a part, being a Fluence customer, they also have this uh, annual um, customer conference, what they call Photo, Photo X. And so I was invited to, to that. And, you know, from you know, just being a part of that conference, uh, it got it gave me a whole understanding of the company and how everybody that worked with Fluence, um, their entire company had a great understanding of photobiology, and it was exhibited at this conference, right? And so they bring in uh, you know industry experts from both uh, the industry and academia, and then they discuss you know the trials that they have going on, the trials that they're gonna going to do. Uh, within this coming year and 
you know, this con this was one of the things that really stood out to me. And I was like, man, I, I really want to be a part of a team that, you know, is at the forefront of such, you know, uh, fascinating technology. And so that's what, what really piqued my interest and really uh, made me consider joining Fluence. So what is it in your own words that makes lighting so cool? You know, like everybody knows it's a, it's a, it's integral for, you know, for growing and everything like that. But what, what makes lighting cool to you? Uh, I think for me, um, you know, just coming from growing with a lot of like legacy technologies back in the greenhouse space, especially when I was in ornamentals, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, you know, regular HIDs, HPS, you know, for, for things such as like midnight interruption or daylight extension um, was, you know, what I had uh, in terms of my experience of touching lights. And so, you know, working with a company like this who really um, focuses on photobiology uh, and understanding, you know, the different complexities of light when it comes to intensity spectrum, and then, you know, how the duration and photo period uh, all play and they all interact on the different responses that you see in the plants. Uh, for me, it was just like, wow, you know, and then seeing this technology introduced into the cannabis space and seeing what it can do to cannabis, it's, it was just an eye opener for me. So that's what made it really cool. So you, you can definitely see the difference between in the yields between good lighting and bad lighting. What, what does that look like? Oh man, you can oh you can tell right. So you, you look at a lot of these plants and you see these morphological responses that um, you can tell like when you go in there with you know light meters and you look at the different stages. For example, if you're in flower, right? Um, what I normally see with my growers is when they come out of veg, they're anywhere between like four, five, or six hundred uh, ppfd in terms of light intensity. And so when I'm in when I'm in the flowering section and I'm looking through and I'm walking through week four, week five, I want to see, you know, light intensities upwards of 800 plus, 850 plus, um, you know, anywhere of a thousand, a thousand ppfd for me would be ideal depending on the cultivar. Um, but you know, you see these morphological changes such as you know, um, internodal space becomes very elongated when there's not enough light. Um, the flower morphology takes a while to develop um, under low light intensity. So, you know, you walk in there and you see, you know, I can tell when I walk in into a, a flower room at week five, uh, if it's looking like, you know, week three flower, there's an issue. And, um, and, and uh. I usually point to like, hey, you know, this development of your flower should be a lot farther along than it is. Uh, at this current time. And so, you know, one thing we should look at is the light intensity, right? Let's go get a meter. Let's go check it out and see where you're at. And then let's see if we can adjust that depending on, you know, the other limiting factors that you might have in your, in your production environment. Wow. So it really makes that big of a difference. Oh man, Chuck, it's huge. You can tell, <laughs> man, you can tell it's, it's really, it's really a difference. And then, and then when week eight comes, the numbers don't lie, right? You start mm -hmm. to you get that harvest and you start to crunch the numbers and you start to see, man, wow, I only got, you know, 30 grams per square foot. What am I doing here? You know? And, and then my, you know, my guy or my friend down the road, he's getting 50, 60. Right. And so um, that's when you start, to, when you start to talk these numbers with growers, they start to, you know, wake up to the fact that, Hey, there might be something uh, here that I'm not tapping into. 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, but you've got the best of both worlds. You get to be a science, you know, like a science geek. And then also you get to be in the cannabis industry and help people get better yields. I mean, it sounds like, sounds like the perfect gig. Absolutely. Mm. So tell me, um, you've talked in the past about how Fluence does more uh, for the cultivators than just provide lights. Like there's the conference that you just mentioned. Um, can you talk a little bit about the role of the horticulture services team at Fluence and just talk a little bit about the types of interaction you have with growers that go beyond just lighting specs or, you know, implementations? Most definitely. And so um, what we do, you know, our first and foremost thing for horticultural services is to be that, you know, that lighting expert, that subject matter expert when it comes to lighting. But, you know, we, we identified early on that, you know, this group of individuals that make up this department have such a plethora and background when it comes to hands-on commercial exposure to agriculture that, you know, we, we, we decided that, you know, it would just be a disservice if we knew that our customer would struggling in one area and we don't, you know, offer some type of, you know, even, you know, just talking through it with them, some type of, you know, troubleshooting support, right? And so, um, you know, we've touched anywhere areas such as SOPs, uh, GMP implementations with some of our customers that are overseas and have to uh, work in those environments. Um, you know, we even do ROI calculations where we say, look, you know, we'll, let's do a trial, let's work together. Um, you know, this isn't something that's an interest between both organizations. Um, and, and, you know, let's test these two different type of lighting technologies and see what happens at the end. And then, you know, we get, you know, we work with the customer very closely to look at, you know, cost per square foot, uh, or cost per pound. Uh, you know, how does this affect when, you know, you add these different technology and technologies in there can we increase the you know the productivity per square foot uh and you know how does that affect the bottom line and um you know ultimately the revenue for the business because you know we take this approach where we look at it as you know if our customers win we win right um uh we want them to be successful we want them to say you know be a champion of fluence not just because you know fluence is the best no you know we want them to say look <laughs> These guys, you know, worked with us. They, you know, they didn't just give us their technology and say, figure it out. And so I, I think that's one area that we identified in the, in the, uh, the space that um, just needed one of these uh, departments to, to help out. Yeah, when you look at uh, businesses that seem to uh, stand the test of time, when you look at uh, corporations out there that have um, just really, really strong marks as far as their brand, it, it tends to be because they have that just amazing customer service, you know, that, that service after the sale. Um, I think of like, you know, Nordstrom's, right? You can go to Nordstrom and you can buy something and if you don't like it, you can bring it back. They don't give you a hard time. Um, they're, just, they're just really, really, I think, customer oriented. It sounds like Fluence is, uh, is that type of uh, uh, company. They don't just provide the lights. They really, really service after the sale. Absolutely. Hmm. So you were a uh, you were a head grower in a past life, and that's that's another pretty awesome title. Um, right. How has the industry changed since uh, since then? Oh well, I can tell you, it has taken a lot of strides since my time as a head grower. Um, I would have to uh, I can compare it easily by saying uh, during my time, um, you know in the greenhouse and the, the technology that I was exposed to uh, mm -hmm. would be considered archaic 
um, compared to what you know growers have at their dispense today, right? This influence, this influx of uh, investment into the cannabis space, um, you know, allowed technology to you know swarm the space and allow them to you know become operationally efficient uh, and do things um, you know faster, um, better, and sometimes even cheaper. Um, which you know is always a win-win when you're when you're working in the agricultural space especially more in traditional agriculture where, you know, margins are very tight uh, and, you know, you got to make sure that you don't lose uh, more plants uh, in a year than you did the year before. Right. And so uh, I think that for me stood out as the most uh, difference that I've seen between my time as a head grower to where I am now. And how long ago were you uh, like ballpark? Were you a head grower? Uh, say about three years ago. Yep. Wow. It's changed that much, huh? Yeah, man. It's changed that much. You, I mean, I mean, you can see with the operators that are, you know, that have come and gone so far in this space. And then you see with these markets that were, you know, very immature in the beginning and then now are becoming more mature markets uh, and how they're, you know, handling the, you know, the variations of what's going on in the space in terms of the influx of either capital or the, the tightening of that, right? And so, yeah, it, it's definitely had a, a huge ebb and flow, I would say, since my time as a head grower. Yeah, that's that's interesting that the industry is, you know, obviously it's growing so fast, pun intended, and we've got, you know, uh, new technology coming in all the time. Um, it, it's all about, you know, better yields and, and, and producing a better product. Um, it's just, uh, it seems like it's really moving fast as far as the technological breakthroughs and the implementation of technology and, you know, even things like, you know, IOT and automation and stuff like that. Like it, uh, it sounds like it's moving very fast, which is, which is good for the industry. I agree. Absolutely. Hmm. So you've worked in cannabis and the food cultivation side of horticulture. So is there a tactic that food cultivators are great at that you think uh, cannabis cultivators could also benefit from? Uh, I think what I've seen, the huge difference is the commercialization of their crops, right? And, and how, you know, how rapidly um, they can fill up spaces. So, you know, when I, when I see typical cannabis growers, right, and we talk, through different scenarios, especially a future of the future, right? Like, you know, it's easy to see, you know, a million square feet of tomato greenhouses, right? You know, Mm -hmm. these things are coming in easy to have hectares and hectares, right? But when you talk about cannabis, right? And, you know, the the genetic variabilities that you have uh, amongst the cultivars, it's very hard to ramp up uh, in that space uh, very fast for cannabis. And so, you know, what, I've seen in the in the um, food side is you know the the um, the adoption of you know tissue culture. Look at Driscolls as, as a huge example, right? You know, majority of their production comes from that, and you know their field and their greenhouse productions, um, you know, make cannabis look very very small and minute in comparison when you're talking acreage, right? And so mm-hmm. I see it as right if we're preparing to be you know on this stage for you know from now until. Uh, we need to prepare ourselves for for the day that comes, right? And so uh, I think, you know, the adoption of, you know, these type of technologies such as tissue culture, um, you know, these different genetical ways to ramp up and fill spaces faster is something that I think, um, you know, cannabis growers can benefit off of, definitely. 
Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting how we've been farming for so long, you know, and we've got all these techniques and, and tactics and, you know, the science and everything like that, just for, for regular food and agriculture and stuff like that. Um, now where, where cannabis has just, you know, we've really just started, you know, through legalization and everything like that, applying a lot of those technologies over here. I mean, does it all apply, you know, in, in some way, shape or form, you know, everything from soil to lighting to, you know, fertilization, everything like that? Is it, does it kind of all cross over or is cannabis this like unique uh, thing where some of it does and, and others don't really apply? Uh, from, well, from my experience, it, it is definitely the latter. Um, there's certain things that do cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly easily, you know, certain things such as like sanitation, right? Start clean, stay clean. Um, You know, handling of young plant material, you know, making sure you maintain a cold chain so you don't, you know, damage, you know, young plant material with either heat or ethylene, right? So some, a lot of those, those practices do come over, but, you know, certain things such as, um, you know, I hate to be biased here, but, you know, when light, right? Yeah. This crop, for example, there's no crop that, you know, we know of that can take this high of light intensity on the planet. And so, you know, when wow. you're starting to talk about that, right, you start, you got papers out there, um, you know, where company, where um, growers are doing trials of upwards of 1500, uh, us fluence. Um, we're, we're currently doing that with um, some of our vendor partners now um, where we're touching light levels that are higher than, you know, what you get on a summer day in the middle of the day. And the plant is, you know, taking those photons and um, converting those into the sugars, uh, which make our, our bud structures, right? And so... And it loves it. It's loving it, right? And so wow. have stuff like that, you can't relate this to any other crop that you've seen before. And so um, the parameters must change. There's some, you know, temperature, humidity must, you know, all be aligned in order for it to, to you know, operate at this um, high levels of light intensity. And so... Yeah, that's just one thing that I would I would point out would doesn't wouldn't cross over I would say from traditional ag. That, that's interesting. That I mean that the plant can just take that incredible amount of light and it just it, it loves it. It it thrives with uh, uh, the amount of light that other plants wouldn't be able to take. Yep. Hmm. Well, okay, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break right now. Um, we got to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. But when we come back, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about, we've talked about some of the breakthroughs and the technology um, that is really helping this industry grow. But I want to talk to you about some of the challenges that you might see, you know, moving forward right now. And again, we're here with... uh, uh, Sean Sangster, he is with Fluence by Osram. He's a project manager of Horticultural Services, and this guy knows a ton of stuff about lights. So we will be back right after this break, and we're going to talk a little bit more about lights, the industry as a whole, and maybe some of the challenges that growers are going to face in their operations today. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. Real quick, I'd like to mention this episode is made possible by Dama Financial. DAMA provides your cannabis company with FDIC-insured financial services. Join now and gain access to transparent financial solutions with multi-channel payment processing. Enable payments from a linked bank account or debit card for in-store, online, or at point-of-delivery transactions. For more info, visit www.damafinancial.com. 
Hey everybody, welcome back. You're chopping it up with Chuck here on Cannabis Tech Talks. And again, we have Sean Sangster from Fluence by Osram. He is a project manager of horticulture services and this guy knows about lights. Um, so we, uh, we, we had a little tease before the break there. Um, what do you think, Sean, are some of the major challenges that growers face in their operations today? I think a lot of growers, um what they face in their production setting today is the, um, how do I say this, the future of cannabis, right? And so um, they're preparing their style, for example, you know, maybe if they're single tier, um, you know, their setup is, you know, for bigger plants, taller plants. Um, they might be on a, a huge um, plant density, right? One plant per four square foot, um, type of planting density it's not not saying there's anything wrong with that but mm -hmm. when you look at you know commercial agriculture right and you know you look at cannabis what really uh when you start to look at the numbers in terms of revenue and EBITDA and how that these numbers are affected it really really comes down to yield over that same amount of square space or um you know reduction in um cycle time right where you can get more cycles in per year and you know one we did some couple. We have done some trials with a couple of our um, customers that have revealed some really huge and interesting numbers. Right when you get to start to optimize some of these things, and so I think a lot of growers are thinking that you know the way that they're setting up their their production settings today. Uh, I would you know caution them to like you know if you have you know multiple rooms that are dedicated to flower, I wouldn't say you know you know put all you know. 1500 ppfd in each room right you know get to get two of those rooms that you can go high levels of light you know other couple of rooms that you can do moderate levels of light um you know maybe a couple of rooms that have uh the multi-tier setups that are in them so you don't lock yourself into um something that you know you're not going to be able to perform in when these uh specialized genetics start to catch up into the space right where you can get really high yields under high light with high terpene and um, uh, those type of profiles, right? And so I think growers should, you know, always be looking to the future and actually, you know, keeping their ears to what's going on out there and, and, and um, you know, connect with the breeders in the space and really start to understand, you know, what they're going to be producing in the future, because I think that is going to be key um, to success. And, and uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned a pretty hot buzzword right now, which is terpenes. Um, are terpenes uh, affected by the light, or is that something that comes more from the genetics? Oh, or, or is it a little of both? Yeah, exactly. So it's a little bit of both, right? And so you have a plant, for example, right? And I'm just giving an example. Um, you know, it has top three terpenes that are produced, right? So mercy, limonene, and alpha, pinene. I'm just giving an example here, right? Sure. And, this plant, you know, you know, on a regular basis, when you keep it under your 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 normal production conditions, you know, or for you know, producing anywhere between two and three percent terpenes, right? And then um, the same cultivar that you know was producing these really good numbers, uh, you put it under you know different lighting conditions, different intensities, um, you know, you help it optimize in terms of you know if there's any disease within the plant maybe it went through tissue culture to clean it out you know get these different optimizations put into the plant now you start to see you know 
some type of active compound creation that is completely different, right? So you still get these top three, but they might be even in more um, or higher concentrations than they were before. So that's things that we've seen. We also seen uh, spectrum play a role on terpene production. And so uh, that's another area that Fluence is getting into. Yeah, are you talking about the uh, the lighting that's delivered that basically has the full spectrum, kind of like sunlight, sort of to mimic sunlight? That's right, exactly right. And so, yeah, that stuff's cool. Oh yeah, especially when you're in a, a sole source indoor environment, uh, that spectrum uh, really um, helps to make sure the quality is maintained in the product. Hmm. So what about what about the industry as a whole? You know, we talked about some major challenges that growers you know, might face in their operations. What do you see, you know, as the industry as a whole, and especially, you know, uh, c- kind of kind of coming out a little bit of COVID because that's, that's obviously affected everybody. I think that the industry is moving in a good direction in terms of um, where we were a couple of years ago um, when it comes to information and sharing. Um, you know, when you first get into when the earlier years in cannabis, right, a lot of guys, you know, they have their secret sauce and, and you still have that today, but you know, especially during these times where you, you see COVID and a lot of people being affected. Um, and then you've got a lot of, you know, more uh, webinars, podcasts that are happening and, you know, people who, you know, usually aren't involved in this space um, now have time to get involved and share their information. I think, you know, this is an example of, you know, we're starting to open up as a community and share information and, I think that's uh, a huge uh, win for cannabis mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the more we get to share, the, the, you know, the more we can set this industry in a direction where, you know, they, when it comes to legalization in certain areas or throughout the countries, you know, um, you know, once we have our, once the industry as a community has their, you know, things down pat, uh, you know, we can be taken as a serious in- industry, um, you know, not just, you know, domestically, but globally. And so I think uh, we're in the right, we're heading in the right direction, Chuck. Yeah. And, and uh, I've noticed too, and, and let me know if you, uh, if you agree, there has been a lot of information, a lot of content created, you know, during this, uh, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, most people have been staying at home for the past, you know, six weeks, seven weeks, something like that. And I've noticed a ton of information being put out through a lot of different channels, you know, webinars, uh, you know, videos, just educational stuff. It seems like it's almost a renaissance age, if you will, uh, for content creation and getting information out there. Have you, have you kind of noticed that too? Oh yeah. And it's great. And I love it. You get a lot of good information and you hear from a lot of people that you wouldn't hear from on a normal basis, right? A lot of these mm-hmm. guys who own these companies, these successful companies, uh, they're cultivators. You don't really get to hear from them just because of the day to day daunting task of, you know, getting it done. And so now that, you know, things have slowed down just a tad bit, you know, and guys are able to say, you know, Hey, let me jump into this space and, you know, help move the industry along as a whole. It's awesome. And I love it. Yeah. We, and we have lots of different uh, industries represented on cannabis tech talks. And so we've talked to, you know, people uh, in extraction and they said that actually, you know, for the most part, business has been, you know, fairly steady, um, do you think that on the lighting side, you know, that even though there's been a little bit of a, you know, kind of a slowdown and, and obviously, you know, things have changed, um, are, are, is business still, you know, cranking along? Is there still demand is, you know, people are still growing, right? It's cannabis is essential. Um, is, is the lighting side still, 
you know, seeing lots of, uh, of orders and, and business being done? Yeah, absolutely. And so you see with our industry, right. Um, you know, especially on the lighting side, you see it when the first, when the COVID first happened and obviously a slowdown, but you know, as these, uh, states allowed, you know, the businesses to become essential and stay open and generate revenue. You can see, you can even see the trends in the market as a whole. The cannabis industry is is doing really well um, despite COVID, right? And so, you know, you have delays in certain projects just due to the fact that we need to respect social distancing and construction uh, sites and, and their, you know, ca- cannabis and projects depend highly on those guys, um, mm-hmm. you, you'll see obviously a slowdown, but it's still there. The, you know, the market is still there. These guys are reporting, you know, really strong earnings and they're, they're talking about, you know, growth and not constri- not constricting or letting off any employees. So that's always a good sign. Yeah, it's, it's very encouraging, you know, and I, and I know the people that we talk to and, and, you know, people across the different sectors, man, they're chomping at the bit, you know, they're, they're ready to get back and, and do some business. And, you know, a big part of how a lot of business got done um, was events, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of different uh, expos and conferences that we can't have um, due to, you know, social distancing, but you're also starting to see um, where, where there's an emergence of a new technology, which is the, the online conferences and trade shows. I think, uh, um, we're, we're getting ready to do one in partnership with a lot of other, uh, publications and media outlets going to be called emerge, um, cannabis conference and expo, but there's, there's a bunch of them coming up. There's, there's hemp ones, there's, you know, MJ business coming up. So that's an interesting way that the industry is sort of pivoting and kind of, um, you know, creating new ways to get business done. Cause if we can't all go to a, you know, a conference or a convention center or something like that, everybody's got zoom and everybody's, uh, you know, got the ability to, to attend virtual conferences and things like that. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out for the rest of the year. Because again, you know, people want to get business, people want to get information, people want to network. Um, and you know, the, this industry is very resourceful. So I think that'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how that, how that plays out. That's right. I'm excited to see how we adapt and, and, and change to this, uh, you know, trying times. That's what we do. Like this, this industry of, of all the industries out there. I mean, we're just very resourceful. Um, we adapt, we improvise, you know, we overcome and that's, uh, you know, th- this is no different. So you're right. That's, that's a, that's a great way for technology uh, and, and innovation and hard work to come together, you know, to keep driving this industry forward. That's right. Hmm. So let me ask you, are there any innovative or new uh, tactics you've seen from growers um, that they're implementing that maybe our listeners should know about or could benefit from? Yeah, I've seen a, a, quite a few in the last, uh, well, before the COVID, COVID incident happened when I was traveling back in early March, late February. Um, you know, some cultivators that I've, I've worked with, with um, over the past year are going away from mother stuff. Um, I saw that in a, in a handful of, of, of um, uh, production sites and, you know, it was interesting to see that, and, you know, the question is, you know, why, why, you know, get rid of your mother stock and, you know, and, you know, a lot of the cultivators, their same answer to me was increase, they're increasing their, their square foot of flour, right? The flour is what is going to, uh, at the end of the day, make the money. And so if they can just, you know, buy in or, you know, receive in 
disease-free plants uh, under tissue culture or, or, or cuttings and, and reallocate that space to flower, um, that's one thing that I've seen a lot of growers implement. Another thing is their adaption or the adoption of um, micro sensors and microclimates throughout um, throughout the production setting, right? And so um, growers are really keen on what's going on in their edge effects of their of their production setting, right? What's happening, um, you know, at the wall that's closest to my door? What's happening there in terms of the, the climate that's on my you know, third level or my second tier, what's going on there? How can I get it more wow. homogenous throughout the production space? And so growers are really, um, you know, honing in on, on these certain technologies. And so it's exciting. Yeah, that is, that is cool. And what's, what's the status as far as LED versus regular? What's the, I, I know there's been some scuttle about that around there as far as, you know, cost efficiency and um, what's, what's kind of the, the status with regard to that? Well, we well what we see right now, in especially with our product lineup, is you know a forty percent reduction in energy uh, usage, right, compared to a traditional thousand watt uh, HPS bulb. So that there, and then you know as you start to play with different spectrums, efficacy mm -hmm. starts to become you know uh, a, a area or a talking point that you want to have with the grower, right? Higher intensities using, you know, less amount of energy, right? And so that's, that's huge. Um, and then, you know, their capabilities to, 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 to use the light in terms of dimming, right? And, and, and the uh, main yeah. that comes with it, right? So you yeah. have the control to really aim in. And then when you, you know, when you're dimming your lights, you have times where you're in the production setting for, you know, three, four weeks where you're not running the lights at a hundred percent. Can't do that with the, the you know, with, the, the older technology. So you're also saving, you know, on OPEX costs there. So, so those are just a couple of things that I would point out to growers uh, who want to, to talk about some things about light in terms of the traditional versus the, uh, the LEDs of today. Yeah, we got to do a, uh, with one of our other magazines, uh, Innovation in Tech Today, we got to do an interview um, at the Seattle Mariners uh, baseball stadium. And they were the first major league baseball stadium to replace all the lights uh, in, in the stadium with LEDs. And, you know, baseball is very traditional. They're very opposed to change. You know, they're, they're very conservative in how they do things. But um, when you take a look at it, you know, in, in as far as uh, cost of energy savings, um, they don't have to replace the bulbs as often as they did with regular ones. Um, just like yep. you said, you know, they can dim, they can flash the lights, they can do all kinds of cool things. Um, it, it turned out to be, you know, a pretty good success. And then even, you know, think about it from, from, from a, uh, the standpoint of the batter, you know, you've got to be able to see that ball really, really well, um, you know, to be able to hit it because it's moving and it's, it's changing and it's, you know, all these different things. And the, uh, the Mariners were pretty successful with it. And then right afterwards, the Yankees installed LEDs, you know, in, uh, you know, their, their new stadium too. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, lighting makes all the difference, not just in, you know, uh, cannabis or in growing, but even in our everyday lives and something as, you know, uh, uh, traditional as, as baseball, but it made a big difference. And they, um, you know, I think that's a trend you'll start seeing more as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess the last question I've got for you is, um, you know, the right lights for a cultivator often point out various other aspects of a grow operation that need to be addressed. You know, once you, 
you address the lighting, then all of a sudden you see some other areas um, that need to be addressed. What, what are the most common issues that you notice and how do you work to fix those? Well, growers hear me say this all the time and, um, and it's very true. It's, it's, it really and truly from what I can tell, 90% of the, the facilities that I walk and, and growers that I talk with, you know, um, moisture management is huge. It mm. is, I can't tell you how big that is in cannabis and understanding that you can even see papers where they did, you know, drought stress trials and how it affected the, you know, the secondary metabolite and terpene profiles of the plant. Um, just having your staff trained on the five levels of moisture is huge. And even if you have to develop, you know, um, some of these guides that the SOP guides that, you know, you put throughout the production area where you have photos that show, hey, this is what a level five moisture level looks like as opposed to a level three and where you want um, the moisture levels to be by the stage of where the crop is, for example, propagation and veg, uh, either mother stock or flower, how you want the, the, the moisture to be cycled throughout the production time is huge. And I, and I can't express how, how big that is for cultivators because, uh, I mean, I've gone into places where, you know, they've been able to manage their, their water correctly and all of their issues, no issues in terms of, you know, uh, pests and disease, you know, they're keeping that, that moisture under control. Uh, you don't see any restrictions to their to the growth habits of the plant because you're allowing you know the exchange of of oxygen and and CO two to happen in the roots as well, um, and so a lot of these things that you know growers have issues with can be tied to um, something as simple and as trivial as moisture management. So if that's one thing I would say um, uh, is key, um, it mm -hmm. would be moisture management for sure. Wow. Dude, I feel like I have learned a lot in the past half hour. It's it's really been a pleasure talking to you. What is uh what's Fluence up to now? What's what's next? Great question. Um, and so we have uh, a lot of things that are, are are going to be hitting the market pretty shortly. And so one thing that I can talk to you about, guys about is that we're going to be having some new fixture offerings um, that are, that are going to be hitting the marketplace very soon. Uh, we're going to be dabbling um, in different spectra in order for you guys to optimize your growing conditions. Whether, as you know, Fluence is not just a cannabis company; we also service the commercial ag, and so um, some of those products that are coming out will be tailored to that side of our business. Um, but um, that is going to be interesting, as well as some research projects that we have going on, formal research that we have with some of our customers. What we're doing, where we're testing out these spectra on cannabis at at light levels, like I was telling you earlier, are higher than you know what we see underneath uh, the sun and in the environment. And so we'll we'll be able to you know come out with a lot of this information and and give it out to the space, you know, to help move us along and see you know how far we can really push the knowledge and the level of cannabis um, in this in in our space. So I'm excited for that. No, that, that sounds great. And let our audience know, uh, here's where you can have a shameless plug. Uh, let the audience know where they can find out more information uh, about Fluence or, you know, uh, how they can be involved with social media and, and things like that. Almost definitely. So you want to go out and check us on our website at www.fluence.science. Also follow us on our social media, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, 
you know, we can, we have a lot of information on these sites where you can check out, you know, our guides, um, some of our past webinars um, that we've had, they're all posted there. And so go and check it out and, and feel free to dig into the, to the information. That's awesome, man. Sean, it has been an absolute pleasure. It's really cool um, that we see companies in the space that aren't just dedicated to, you know, putting out products and stuff like that. They're really dedicated to educating the space and also, you know, taking care of their customers after the, uh, you know, after the sale, like really helping ensure that, that, that everything is coming together for them. And, and it sounds like Fluence is one of those, uh, one of those companies. So kudos to you, man. You got a great job. You work for a great company and uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate it. And you have a good one. Yeah, hopefully I'll see you at one of these events when we uh, we get back to having real real events and we can go there and see some demos and stuff like that. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. Uh, if you like the episode, go ahead and uh, make sure that you subscribe, share with a friend, and don't forget to follow us as well on social media. You can find us at Canatech Today on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, MySpace, everything. No, we're, we're not on MySpace, but pretty much every place uh, on social media. Join the conversation. And again, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. We'll see you next time. 